Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Welcome aboard. We've got a live broadcast for you. We're going to England right now. We've got Pastor Michael Cummins coming to you here on Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. Brother Michael, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be with you again. Brother Michael, would you like to open us up in prayer? Yes, certainly. Dear Lord God, we thank you. It's 2023. And all the predictors are of gloom and doom all over the world for this year. But you are in charge, Lord. And we pray for everyone listening to this program today. We pray for all the Amiga Man Radio followers today. And we pray that they will be blessed in 2023. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. And the very gates of hell shall never prevail. And we pray, Lord, that they will be blessed today listening to this program. In the name of Jesus, amen. I say amen to that. My brother, Happy New Year to you. Welcome back. Happy the New mic Year is, to you. The mic is yours, my friend. Thank you. And God bless you all. It's wonderful to be with you. And today, you know, a few weeks ago, I spoke about the whole armor of God. And I believe the Holy Spirit gave me an utterance that I should take out the part which says the sword of the Spirit and I should teach the day on the sword of the Spirit. One of the reasons I want to do this, anyone who is born again, anyone who is filled with the Holy Spirit, they can stand against the devil. They can stand against him. They can stand firm and they can overcome him. So what I would like to do during these programs is teach you things I know, things that the Lord taught me, so you can take your stand against the devil. So if you ever attacked, you ever feel vulnerable, you don't have to get on the phone and pay someone to pray for you. You know, many deliverance ministers on the internet, they take liberties with people. I remember a young lady in Manchester in England, and this lady had mental health issues, and she was feeling oppressed by demons and she rang a man in Nigeria and asked him to pray for the man who had a high reputation out there and he charged her £2,000 to pray for her and he took the money off of her, her credit card and, you know, I want you to feel sure that you can stand against the devil and I'm going to teach her a few things today. Things you may already know, but if you do know them, I'm just reaffirming them with you. And today we're going to talk about the sword of the Spirit. Now, there's two important Greek words used in the original language of the New Testament. One is rima, the other is logos. 
God speaking is recorded in the Bible. Whatever God says is recorded in the word of God. We are reading the Rima word, the word of God. When we speak God's written word, that is the Logos word. You know, I'm going to let you into a secret. I have never, ever read the Bible silently. Every time I read the Bible, I read it out aloud. I don't care who's in the room with me. I say to my wife, you know, we're just going to turn the radio down, turn the television down, turn the music off, because I just want to read this chapter of the Bible. The reason I do this, because I want everyone to hear that I'm reading the word of God. I want every demon, every evil spirit to say he's reading the word of God again. Any demon around me, anything evil that has been sent to me through witchcraft. You know, and I've had that. I've been woken up in the middle of the night and demons have been standing there to oppress me. And I always use the word of God and I speak it out loud to them and they always flee they always fly away hallelujah so i want the devil and everything evil to hear what i'm saying nobody has to call a deliverance minister or as they used to be called exorcist to deal with spiritual upheaval in your lives you are children of god you can do all things through god which strengtheneth you you are more than conquerors hallelujah so I'm going to teach you little things I know. Let's have a look at John 6, verse 63. John 6, verse 63 says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. When we see... When we use the Logos word of God directly in defensive or offensive spiritual warfare, Satan is no longer fighting you. He's fighting the Holy Spirit, which is embodied in God's word. I'll say that again. The Holy Spirit is embodied in God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's have a look which Jesus spoke. This is important. I'm going to read this to you now. Go to Mark 16. Mark 16, and we're going to read this now. This is Mark 16, verse 14. Hallelujah. These are the last words Jesus spoke on the earth before he went to be with the Father in heaven. Jesus rebuked his disciples for their unbelief, and he read them what is called the Great Commission. And I'll read this verse 14. It said, Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he had risen. Hallelujah. So Jesus comes amongst them. They're eating and they're drinking. And he rebukes them for their unbelief because people have said, we've seen the Lord Jesus. And they say, ah, you must, you must be confused. You must be mistaken. And Jesus has come to put things straight. And he leaves what is called the Great Commission. And he said this. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up in heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the word working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Some of the last words Jesus spoke on the earth. He wanted those who were following him to be prepared, and he made it very clear, in my name, 
you shall cast out devils, the name of Jesus Christ. Now, when you have a deliverance situation, some people just constantly say the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. That will stop a demon from attacking you, mentioning the name of Jesus, because demons hate the name of Jesus. But we need a little bit more than that. And he said, in my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. So, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will speak with new tongues. And you can use that gift of heavenly tongues when you're up against it with the devil. I'm excited to teach this today to you. So you know how you can overcome the devil by using the sword of the Spirit. You know, the word of God is called the sword of the Spirit. You can imagine the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, all-conquering, all-powerful. And the Holy Spirit is reading God's word, and it becomes a sword. And that sword will cut the devil into pieces, will slash demons apart. But you've got to be prepared to do it. You know, the devil, one of his biggest uh, things that he uses against mankind is fear. All of us have suffered fear in our lives. All of us, no matter who we are, we've all been frightened at some time. We've all been fearful. Even Jesus, before he was crucified, he said to the Lord, can you take this cup away from me? But then he remembered and he said, no, your will be done. We're all frightened. We're all scared of things. Some people have simple fears like they're frightened of the dark. When I was a child and I was attacked by demons in the house I used to live in in South London, I used to jump out of bed and turn the light on. The light was by the door in the room. My father used to hear me and he never understood. So he ran in the room and turned the light off. He used to say, what do you want the light on for? So I used to jump out of bed and turn that light back on. Some of us are frightened of the dark. Some of us are frightened of going out in the dark, walking down alleyways, walking down dimly lit streets in the dark. They are natural fears that Satan controls and puts upon us. But you see, we can overcome fear. Remember, we told you last week, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind you need to apply that to any fear you have anything you're scared of and you will overcome it in the name of jesus christ our lord now i want you to look at matthew 4 please come with me to matthew 4 this is very powerful when you think of spiritual warfare what we're going to learn now let's have a look at matthew 4 hallelujah we pray in the name of Jesus. Now it starts off by saying, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. What is the devil doing? He knows that Jesus is hungry. But what Satan will also be aware of, that Jesus has just been baptized. The spirit of the sovereign Lord landed upon him in the shape of a dove. And he was confirmed as the son of God. So Satan thinks, let's use against Jesus all the things I use against everyone else. He's hungry. He's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I'll tell him. I know he is the son of God. I know he can turn those stones into bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Satan's response to attack Jesus was, telling him to turn the stones into bread. Jesus retorts back with defensive spiritual warfare 
using the word of God. It is written. Do you know that? It is written. You can use that if you ever come against a demon of the devil. Point your finger at him. Point your finger straight at his eyes and say, it is written. Satan can't dispute that. It is written in the word of God. You know, many years ago, I watched a film. And it was a secular film called The Devil's Advocate. And Al Pacino was in it. And he was running a law firm in New York. He was running this law firm and what they were doing, they were defending occultists, defending witches. And he took on Keanu Reeves and his wife and they started working in this law firm. And almost immediately, Keanu Reeves' wife was being attacked. She felt mentally ill. Demons were in her house. She was raped by demons and evil spirits. Those spirits are called Incubus, Succubus, Eldora and Mare. And she was being raped. And it got so bad and it got so bad. And one day Satan appeared to him, Al Pacino. And he said to him, Jesus was a prankster. And he said, he says to you, taste but don't eat. He says to you, you know, look but don't touch. And he was, and the devil was criticizing Jesus. And Keanu Reeves saw the devil for what he was for the first time since he worked for this company. And he pointed at him and he said, I've read the Bible, you lose. And at the moment, Satan burst into flames and left him. Now, we've got to remember that what's written in the Bible is the absolute truth. So when we say to Satan or any demon or evil spirit, it is written. He can't come back at you. And Jesus is doing defensive spiritual warfare here. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then it said, the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. You see what Satan's trying to do? He comes back to Jesus and he says, It is written. And he starts quoting parts of Psalm 91. He's trying to be clever. Probably, and I'm not saying this uh, to be flippant, but probably Satan knows the Bible probably better than most of us. You know, he would know the word of God. So he comes back and he quotes Psalm 91. And now Jesus comes out with a brilliant bit of defensive spiritual warfare in verse 7. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, He's saying again, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Very powerful. Because Satan rebelled against the Lord his God. He rebelled against the creator. Even though he was in a highly exalted position when he was Lucifer, the anointed cherub, the archangel. Jesus has said, In verse 7, it is written again. He's letting Satan know. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord their God. Anyway, Satan decides he's going to try it on again. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things I will give thee if thou wilt wilt down and worship me. If, If thou wilt fall down and worship me. He's saying, I've got all this. Would you like it? I will give it to you. Satan did that to me once. He offered me all money and all fame and fortune if I would stop being a deliverance minister. I'll read that again. Please forgive me. I've got it slightly wrong. Again, the devil taketh him up 
into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me then comes the cooler grass then comes the final countdown Jesus has defended himself in verse 4 and verse 7 with defensive spiritual warfare but then Jesus goes on the attack the attack then saith Jesus unto him get thee hence Satan for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve the job's done Satan has to leave verse 11 says then the devil leaveth him and behold the angels came and ministered unto him you see what he's saying in verse 10 offensive spiritual warfare Jesus is going on the attack he knows who Satan is he knows what Satan has done to be cast out of heaven and cast to the earth then saith Jesus unto him get thee hence Satan for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve he's saying to Satan you are rebellious you are a traitor you turned against the God that created you leave immediately let's just go over that again you can write this down if you want verse 4 Jesus responds in defensive spiritual warfare verse 7 Jesus responds in defensive spiritual warfare. Verse 10, Jesus responds with offensive spiritual warfare. Verse 11, Satan leaves and the angels attend to him. Hallelujah. Now I want to tell you a bit about boxing. I was a, a boxer as a, as a young man and as I got a bit older, I actually used to teach young, young box. I run a boxing club in South London, which was part of the Methodist Church. And I always remember one of the things I used to teach children in boxing, when they were young men, boys from 15 upwards, I used to teach them how they did defend themselves and how they could attack. And at that time, in that part of London, lots of young boys were being mugged. There'd been a young boy killed. He'd been pulled off of his scooter and kicked to death in the street. And I didn't want to see this happen to any of the young men who were in the youth club with me. So I taught them how to defend themselves. And what I always taught them, that if someone who's more powerful than you comes against you, do not think that you have to be terrified by his size. If you use skill, you can get yourself out of trouble. Now, I always remember when I was, oh, how old was I? I was, I think, 11 and 12. I met a guy in the street, and he was a local boxing champion. He was about 17. And he asked me would I like to spar with him. And, of course, I was cocky at the time. I'd won a few amateur fights, and I thought I was really good. I thought I was going to be the next Henry Cooper. Henry Cooper was a famous uh, British heavyweight boxer who fought Muhammad Ali. He actually put Muhammad Ali down on the floor, but then the fight was stopped with a cut eye. And I remember this, he, he sparred up to me, and I was a southpaw, and the southpaw is I led by the right. And he come at me, and I got inside his guard, and I remember hitting him with a right uppercut, and it really frightened him. He stood still. It really hurt him. And he said, okay, okay, fair enough. And he shook my hand and he went. So what it showed you, he was far taller than me, far bigger than me. And uh, I was just a puny kid. But I could overcome him because I used defensive warfare and offensive warfare. Now in British boxing, I don't know if it's the same in the States, we have a movement called stick and move and it's called stick and move. The man's in front of you. If you're right-handed like I was a southpaw, you give out the jab quickly, and you catch him on the chin or the head on the face, and you move back in an instance. When someone is hit, 
They want to come at you. They want to prove a point. As soon as you hit him with that jab, you move out the way as quick as you can. He comes after you. It may stumble forward a bit. You then have the opportunity to get inside that man's guard and give him an uppercut or a right cross, and you will win the day. I can remember three famous fights that I want to tell you about now. The first one was Roberto Duran, I believe, who come from Panama. <clears throat> and he was the middleweight champion of the world, and he fought Sugar Ray Leonard. Now, Sugar Ray Leonard was one of the most skillful fighters you could ever see. He danced, and he was like Sugar Ray Robinson. Sugar Ray Robinson was a great fighter in the 50s and 60s, and he was an expert at tap dance. And he used to dance with a, a famous black dancing set of brothers called the Clark Brothers. And he could dance with them, and he could move very well. And Sugar Ray Leonard comes in against Roberto Duran, who is called Hands of Stone. If Sugar Ray Leonard fights Roberto Duran, I think he's going to lose because Roberto Duran is stronger and tougher. So they get into the fight and Sugar Ray Leonard decides to slug it out with him. He goes after Roberto Duran. He's constantly caught as he's coming in to attack Roberto Duran and he loses the fight. The next one, the return... Sugar Ray Leonard gets his tactics right. He dances, he moves, he hits, then he moves away. He hits him and he retreats. Defensive warfare and attacking warfare. And he wins the day and he becomes middleweight champion of the world and Duran never beat him again. The next fight I want to talk about was in Madison Square Garden, 1971. Muhammad Ali comes out of retirement. He wins a few fights and he challenges Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier is one of the bravest fighters you've ever seen, but a real hard and tough man. And everyone knows about Muhammad Ali. He danced, he moved, he was pure poetry in the ring. But Ali wanted to dominate Frazier. And he made the mistake of constantly coming at him. I think it was in the 12th round that Frazier threw a white right cross and it broke Ali's jaw and Ali fell on the floor and that, and that he lost the fight on points. Though they disputed it, he lost the fight on points. You see, the devil is aggressive. The devil is nasty. The devil wants to destroy you. But you can turn his venomous attack. You can turn it against him. If you defend yourself by using the word of God and then make him weak and then attack him. I'll show you from the book of Revelation, Revelation 20. I'll read it, read it in a minute. Satan is terrified of Revelation 20. The last fight I want to talk about is Ali fights George Foreman in King Shasha in Zion called the Rumble in the Jungle. And he fights him out there. George Foreman has knocked everyone out. He knocked Joe Frazier out about two rounds. He battered him and threw him around the ring like he was a rag doll. And everyone says Ali has no chance against this man. He's a murderous puncher. But all Ali did, he danced around him for a few rounds. George Foreman's legs got heavy. He ran out of steam and then Ali finished him off. Boxing and the art of boxing, the art of pugilism is very much like spiritual warfare. You don't rush in and tear in and shout and scream. I've seen these people who do so. They rush in, they scream, they shout. They may, may make the demons manifest, but they don't get rid of them. So let's have a look what I told you about in Revelation 20. Let me read it to you now. I have to tell you, when I come up against Satan, I always read this. I always read it. I tell you why I read it. Satan is very good at reminding us of our past, of telling us all our shortcomings. Let us tell Satan about his future, what lies ahead for him. Let's read this. I'll read it all to you now, 15 verses. Please stick with me and you'll get the idea. And I saw an angel come down from heaven 
having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and shut him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for their witness for Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years was finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is of the sand of the sea. Now Gog is the Russian leader, Magog is the Russian nation, and he's gathering them to battle, the final battle of Armageddon, and he has an army of two billion men, more numerous than the sand on the sea. And they went up of the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. I'll read the last four verses. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And another books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were all judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. Powerful, offensive spiritual warfare. You're telling Satan what is going to become. And this is the biblical truth of the events as they happen. And then you tell him about that final battle, especially verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they shall be, hallelujah, tormented day and night, forever and ever, hallelujah. You see, Satan doesn't want to hear the word of God. He wants you to be feeble. He wants you to try and lean on your own understanding and attack him by using the weapons of mankind. But this is spiritual warfare. Now, let's have a look at one other thing now. Hallelujah. How does the sword of the Spirit work alongside the shield of faith? Before we look at how to finally use the sword of the Spirit, let us consider the connection between the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith. We know by its nature the shield of faith is primarily a defensive weapon. It is the only weapon in Ephesians 6 that Paul gives a divine purpose, extinguishing the fiery darts of the evil one. Now that is extinguishing the demonic offensive attacks of the devil. And one of those things will be fear. 
you're going to die today. You're fighting me. You're not going to survive. I'm going to kill you. When I kill you, I'll take you to hell. These are the fiery darts of the evil one. But you know the aspects of boxing. You put your guard up. You put the shield of faith up. You let all his fiery darts hit that shield of faith. And then you bring across the right cross, the sword of the spirit. You hit him with the word of God. Hallelujah. That is the shield of faith's connection with the sword of the spirit. With the sword of the spirit, you can hit the enemy, which allows you to pay defense. With the, sh the shield of faith, you can block the darts that may try to fire back of you which allows you to play a defensive battle. These two weapons allow you to hit the enemy and not get hit back. This sounds like a winning combination. Satan, you are threatening me, but I know your future. The everlasting burning lake of fire and brimstone, that is waiting for you. Your army that you put up against Jesus and... Uh, Valley of Megiddo in the final conflict of Armageddon. Fire and brimstone will come down from heaven, from the throne of God and kill everyone. It will take seven months to bury the dead. You're attacking now. Don't take a backward step. You're attacking now. Hallelujah. You're attacking now. Some people insult the devil. I don't bother insulting the devil. I let my yeah be yeah and my no be no. I attack him with the word of God. I attack him now. Now, Revelation is full of great spiritual warfare. But first, I want to go back to Proverbs 3. Let's go back to Proverbs 3, because I want to... I had to speak to a woman this week, and this woman was really neglecting her own deliverance. She came to me for deliverance, but she really wanted to take control of her own deliverance and I could see her getting herself in a mess Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths you see God is the commander in chief he's the general pattern going up Italy towards Anzio. He's General Patton, he's General Montgomery, he's General Zukov, all these famous Second World War generals. God is the general. And we are his troops, so we need to be directed by him. Soon as we believe we can do this on ourselves, oh, I know what I shall try and do. I know what I will do. We'll come unstuck. We'll come unstuck. And it won't work out as we wanted it to do. Hallelujah. So let's not lean on our own understanding when it comes to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want to go back uh, a few weeks ago. Remember the man at the hill country of the Gadarenes who was in the tombs and he was cutting himself with stones. And Jesus came. And the demon shouted out, what do you want with us? What do you want with us, Jesus? What do you want with us? Have you come to destroy us before the appointed time? There is an appointed time for all demons and evil spirits to be destroyed, for Satan to be cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, and all demons to be completely destroyed. There is a time appointed for it. And until that time comes, when God and Jesus Christ destroy the works of the devil, we have to defend ourselves. We have to defend ourselves. And we mustn't lean on our own understanding. I've used examples of boxing to try and give you an idea of defending yourself and going forward and attacking the enemy. But we must do things our God would want things done. Do you remember Jesus spoke to the man in Mark of the hill country of the Gadarenes? And he, he told him to be quiet. He said, what is your name? He asked him what his name was. 
and the demon said, my name is Legion, because we are many. If he says, my name is Legion, that is to frighten you. That is to make you believe you're only, you're not fighting one demon, but you're fighting thousands. Most of the time, when you go into deliverance, you're not fighting one demon. One demon or the strong man will come forward and be the spokesperson. And he's the man you should bind, because we should bind the strong man. But you're fighting more than one. The book of Revelation gives us great understanding into the work of the devil. I'm going to Revelation 12 now. This is probably my favorite uh, chapter in the Bible. And it's a woman clothed with the sun. You'll understand what I'm talking about. I want to read it to you because it gives you the essence of spiritual warfare. Gives you the essence of spiritual warfare. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Please forgive me. I thought I'd turn my phone off. Please forgive me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let me turn it off now. I thought I'd turned it off before the show started. Must have been my mistake. I've turned it off now. Let's read this now. Revelation 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars from heaven and did cast them to the earth. That but he's talking about Satan. He dragged a third of the stars out of heaven. He got a third of all the stars that were created, all the angels that were created, and he got them to follow him in his rebellion against God. I'll read that again. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to, de to be delivered, for to devour a child as soon as it was born. You know what happened when the Magi went to see Herod? Herod said, on the way back, let me know where the child is, that I may go and worship him. But heaven had, that Herod had evil in his heart, and he killed all the children. It's called the slaughter of the innocents slaughter of the Indians to kill all the children to make sure he killed Jesus as one of them and she brought forth a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne and the woman fled into the wilderness where she have a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days and there was a war in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels. There was that war in heaven. God said to Michael, let's go and get rid of this Lucifer. We're going to cast him out of heaven. We're going to cast him to the earth. We want him here no more. He is a traitor. He is a liar. He is a murderer. He is a thief. He is vain. He is proud. He is all these things. Verse 8 says, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Can you see the problem we have? Satan brought down to the earth a third of all the angels that lived in heaven, and they're now in the earth. And they're adding to their number. They're teaching people witchcraft. They're peeping, teaching people various abominations, sexual sins, murder. They're teaching people all these things. And many people for fame, for fortune, for money and wealth will listen to the devil even now. Verse 9 said, Hallelujah. I'll read it again. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels was cast out with him. Now comes the spiritual warfare bit. 
you think, well, there you go. Satan is now on the earth. This is Satan's domain. He will control it. He will destroy any opposition who stands against him. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which, which is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Verse 11. And they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of the lamb is this, that Jesus Christ's blood was shed. Jesus Christ's blood was shed on the way to the cross because he was beaten sense, senseless by the Roman soldiers who ripped the skin off his back and then the nails were put in his hands and feet. And then the centurion pierced the side of Jesus and blood and water flowed out. That is the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb that overcome all evil. Salvation is here. We've accepted Jesus. He is our Lord and Savior. You see, Satan is defeated, has been defeated ever since Jesus died on the cross and rose again Satan is defeated see I want you all to know that when he attacks you he can never defeat you if you stand your ground you put on that shield of faith you stand against all the fiery darts of the evil one you take the sword of the spirit and you read this to him read it to him read 7 there was a war in heaven Michael and his angels fought against the dragon Hallelujah. Let him know that the Archangel Michael, verse 11, we overcome you by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Verse 12 says, Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he have but a short time. Hallelujah. It says, verse 13, And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she may fly into the wilderness, into a place where she was nourished for a time, and times, and half a time, from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out his mouth, Water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus. I have to tell you now, many people might not like this, but one of the first deliverance I ever did was a Muslim woman, you know. And she had gone to the mosque and they had prayed for her, the imam and other people in the mosque and she never got delivered. It's when she came to me and I used the name of Jesus Christ. I simply said, come out of this woman in the name of Jesus Christ. Leave her now. Go and never return again in Jesus' name. That she got set free. And this confirms verse 17. And the dragon, that is the devil, was wroth, angry with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. The Jewish nation is the enemy of the devil. Born-again Christians are the enemy of the devil. Other religions are not the enemy of the devil. They're the friend of the devil because they worship in worshiping their idols and worshiping their false gods. They are the friends of the devil. So we know we have a lifelong battle on our hands for as long as we live. 
We have to fight the devil. But it doesn't have to be tedious. It doesn't have to be arduous. We will overcome. If we use the word of God, we will overcome. Let's go back to the armor of God again. I'll just find it so we can read it again. So we can all be refreshed by reading the word of God. Hallelujah. I'll read from 12. And remember this, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, even though flesh and blood may attack us, even though flesh and blood may say evil things against us, may bear false witness, may lie about us, may get us to lose our jobs, may try and take our girlfriends away from her, even our wives away from her. This is the work of the devil. This is the work of Satan. So what do we do? Do we go out and get a gun and shoot the person who's done this? And then we spend the rest of our life in prison? No. We take on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. When you read the sword of the Spirit, you are reading the truth. There is never a lie in God's word. I said last week, I believe the word of God is the absolute truth. And when we stand, girt with the truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, you see, if we live the truth and we speak the truth and we follow the truth and Jesus told us he was the truth, then we put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect ourselves, and we move forward in confidence. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Well, that's good. We can move. We can dance. We can move around. We're filled with the gospel, the word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That shield of faith is before you. Put that in front of you. That's faith. What did faith say? That it says that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to move. Mustard seed's very small and you can move something large with a little bit of faith. But you haven't got a little bit of faith. You've got a lot of faith. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Hallelujah. Paul goes on to say pray for me as well because he is the ambassador in chains he's in prison so you see the word of god is so powerful i will repeat to you again and say when you pray pray out loud let satan hear what you're praying especially if you're praying warfare prayers that's about it for today i thank you very much for listening we'll have a different subject next week i'm working on the ministry of angels and i'd like to deliver that to you soon oh man god bless you all i am looking forward to that and what a powerful teaching today oh man this was exciting uh we're live with pastor michael cummins coming to you from england brother michael what shall we title today's teaching uh sword of the spirit man i love it i'll tell you folks if you're missing these live broadcasts be sure and get them in the archives and of course share them with a friend we're really blessed to have Pastor Michael Cummins here. Every week, I want to thank Maria in London for introducing us. Brother Michael, tell us about your church in England. Yes, well, I, I run a uh, an evangelical church. I'm not an evangelical. I'm a Pentecostal. Uh, but they, I used to preach in this church. It was a very small church. It had six members. 
and they invited me to a Christmas dinner there many years ago, five years ago, and I went and uh, I went there and preached. And of course, they'd never had deliverance priest in the place, and I prayed for a few people. And some of the members who were elderly people really objected to me. They didn't like it at all. Uh, they thought I was loud, I was brash, and and I remember a young African girl came once and she was demon demonized and she came to the church and they wasn't used to this and uh, I prayed for her and she levitated off the floor wow. of course it, ter it terrified them it frightened the living <laughs> daylights out of them and uh, I think they thought I was the devil himself you know and uh, anyway uh, they asked me would I uh, consider being the pastor of the church and there was a, an elder in the church who didn't like me at all and he went out of his way and he used to question me on the Bible and he used to come to me and say oh God never said this, he said this and I used to get the Bible out and he always used to make himself look a fool and there was that he gossiped about me and had a little crowd of people who gossiped about me and they really made me and my, my wife Janice life a misery and uh, I stuck there because I knew I was fighting the devil and I knew the devil had been in this church for many, many years because it hadn't had a pastor for many years. And basically, they was preaching what they like. And they were spending more time in the coffee room eating cakes and eating biscuits than they were actually in the church. But I kept going and I made myself felt. And I, they, I made them see signs and wonders there. Signs and wonders happened in the church and they witnessed them. And it turned over and I started bringing people in for deliverance. And of course, those people became members of the church. And now we have a thriving congregation there. And these people trust me now. Some of them left. Some of them left because they didn't want this sort of thing. Uh, you know, I remember preaching a church in Bristol in the West Country in England many years ago. And I came up against similar problems there. And this old man said to me, but if you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the devil can't touch you. And I said, my friend, he's already touched you. And I remember the man getting very annoyed with me. But the truth is that a lot of these people, they are religious. They have religious spirits and the devil can manipulate and they can use them. So I had a bad time when I joined this church. Now I love it. I love going in. We have Bible study on Thursday. We have prayer intercessory Friday night. And we have a church church service on Sunday morning. And I love every minute of it. Um, you know, and all through this five years I was there, I've overcome cancer while I was there. And even when I was there, I never took a day off. Even through the COVID outbreak, I never took a day off not a Sunday off. And I got stronger and stronger as I started reading the Word of God. And, you know, I'm a simple man. I'm an ordinary man. I left school at 15. Uh, I had no qualifications. I've got qualifications now uh, for when I was ordained, and I did that through distance learning. I never went to Bible college. I couldn't afford it. So I did it through distance learning. So I, I love what I do. And it's a great church. If you need deliverance, if you've got problems, if you've got sicknesses and you want being prayed for, come. It's called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. You will find it in the internet. And it's easy to get to. There's uh, buses that go from central London, from Victoria Station, that stop at the bottom of the road outside the church. It will, We would love to see you there. You know, I've... I've had Muslims come to me. Uh, I've had there's a large Catholic church nearby. I've had Catholics who have come who couldn't get help in the Catholic church. So I make myself available. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. I want to see that nobody is lost. Anyone who comes in front of me, I want to see that they're saved and they're going to be with Jesus in heaven for all eternity. And that's the aim of what I do. Nothing else, just that. Brother, this is exciting to be able to get to know you here and hear these great teachings. And folks, if you're in England, you can go out and you've got a church now you can fellowship at. How can people uh, contact you, Brother Michael, for more information? Well, 
I'll get. I'll leave my phone number. I'll leave my mobile phone number. Funny enough, since last show, there's a gentleman contacting me for from Nigeria. Wow. Who I'm, I'm going to ring this morning. Oh, I'm going to send him a text and leave him my numbers. Look, this is my mobile number. Give me a ring if you wish to speak. I'll say it slowly. Zero seven four six nine two three five three five one. In Jesus' name, give me a ring. Or if you wish to contact me, my personal email is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. Hallelujah. You know, the funny thing, I was one fun thing happened to me. We used to have a little Irishman come to the church, and he was a gambler. We used to get his money. And he used to go into the betting shop and, ga- and, and gamble on the ponies. And uh, he was a very, very heavy smoker. And one day he came to church and he used to shout out during the, the service. He used to shout out. He used to get excited and shout out. And one day the elder stopped him from going to the church, stopped him coming in. And I didn't want him prevented to come in. We know he was a bit of a nuisance. But I liked him being there. We used to have a cup of tea together after. And he said to the elder, and it made me laugh, he said to him, and excuse the accent, he said, I can see you're in league with the devil. And that's what he said to the elder. And I laughed myself stupid. That's what he said to him. And uh, he done very well under us, and he considers me his spiritual father. So he's a good bloke. And if if you're listening, Gerald, God bless you. God bless you. And don't back any GGs today. Keep your money in your pocket. Well, I tell you something. This program is going out far and wide. We got a message on last week's program. Um, lady tuning in. She said, Hi, Michael. I'm from Scotland. And a few years ago, you helped me cut ungodly soul ties and prayed for both me and my disabled son. So good to hear you on a Mega Man. Her name, Ann Doyle. Welcome oh, yes, aboard. Yes, I do remember. I never met her. It was all, yeah, no, very good. Welcome to the program, Ann, and wherever y'all are tuning in out there, we'd love to hear from you. Brother Michael, do you have a way they can support your ministry and an email you'd like to give out? Yes, the email is framecummins123 uh, at com. There is a PayPal account on there. And, uh, you know, if you wish to support me, you can make a donation via that email address to PayPal. Folks, I encourage you to do it. We'll put the information in the show notes, too. Please share today's message with everyone you can. Brother Michael, what an honor to be here with you. Looking forward to next week. And yeah, would I'm you going like to try and get that done? The Ministry of Angels for next week. Excellent. Um, would you like to close us in prayer today? Yes, certainly. Dear Lord, I, I pray that everyone who heard today's show was blessed. And I thank you for Ray, our dear friend who keeps Amiga. Mega Man Radio going. He's doing a fantastic job. And Lord, we just pray now for everyone who listened to this program today that they are anointed, anointed with power, anointed with authority, so they can take their stand against the devil and all his works. And we pray this day, and God bless you all as we come into. The first week of the new year. May God bless you all. May he prosper you. May he keep you safe. May your health be great. And may you be happy. Let the spirit of joy fill all your hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My brother, God richly bless you. Thank you for coming on today. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Look forward to it. God bless you all. Thank you, brother Michael. Folks, that was Michael Cummins. Did you enjoy that program today? I sure did. Wow. Powerful. What an honor to be here today with uh, Pastor Michael Cummins. And um, I want to again thank, uh, thank you, Sister Maria, for connecting us with Brother Michael. I really am enjoying this uh, program every week that we're doing with him. Every Wednesday, 6 a.m. Eastern. 6, 6 a.m. Eastern which is, uh, what, 11 a.m. UK. And then um, every two weeks, typically, we're going to do a program with uh, David Measures. So that falls on tomorrow. So tomorrow morning, again, uh, Thursday, 6 a.m. Eastern, 
11 a.m. UK. We'll have another program from the UK, which will be with Pastor David Measures. So we're building back up our international shows. I sent a message out to Brother Elvis Newhart yesterday. We're trying to enlist him back on in this same time period. Um, this is a good time for me, uh, and it's also breakfast in America, so a perfect time to do these international shows. And it's not too late here over in the evening, my time. Well, we're going to be back tonight, Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, uh, with more broadcasts we're going to have um, on tonight's show. I think we've got Joseph Ferrara preaching. We've got some more word, and uh, I'm actually booking right now, uh, trying to fill up the schedule. And uh, the goal here is uh, we'll do an hour of the word, bring on two guests back-to-back in the evening, and then open up the uh, demon hotline for prayer. Last night was a little bit mixed up because um, I had to get the family on an airplane, and uh, praise God, got a report that they arrived safely. They went to rendezvous with uh, Narita's parents who... We haven't uh, seen in three years. Uh, she's going down there to pick him up and bring him back here. It's going to be good to have some family here for about a month visiting with us. Um, so they're on the road and they got their safety, which is very good. Okay, I will get this program uploaded for you. Also just uploaded a fresh program to the vault from the vault. We're calling it the vault series. We have uh, right now as, we, as we're counting, we've got about six different speakers who I rotate and I'll release a different audio from each one of them every night. We've got Granddad Weber. We've got uh, Johnny Barr, John Lyndon Cook, um, Derek Prince, Charlie Holtzhauser, Wynn Worley, uh, and more that I'm uh, going into the, the archives. I call it the vault. It's my repository. I've got thousands and thousands, literally, of digital audios, many of them I actually digitized myself uh, from original cassette tapes. I took the cassette tape, put it on a special dubbing machine, turned it into an mp3 and uh, at one time I was working on this uh, every day had as many as uh, six or seven um, workstations set up, card tables basically with a computer, an ion cassette tape deck and running a Sony SoundForge and I would pop in the cassette tape and it was one-to-one ratio so one minute uh, to digitize one minute of audio and then of course you have to flip the tape and then you have to put it together hopefully you cut out the the leader in the in the middle sometimes I didn't <laughs> but digitized I went through thousands literally uh, that's not an exaggeration I probably did Oh my goodness, three or four thousand tapes that way. And um, I put in a lot of work, uh, and I knew at one point in the future it would come in handy, and it is now. We're releasing them, um, and bit by bit, you're going to find some great treasures. Every day, go in there and look for a new uh, program under the Vault series. There we are. God bless you all, and have a great day. Hope to see you again tonight on the broadcast. Our official website, OmegaManRadio.com. We're back on YouTube. We're back on Facebook. Um, 2023. I believe this will be a great year. I'm so happy we have uh, gotten to this point. Fresh start this year. We're about 35, 40 programs away um, from hitting our 10,000 episode. And then we're going to continue on. Thank you for tuning in today. Love you all. If you want to contact me, just do so right via the website of MegamanRadio.com. Have a great day, and I'm going to go ahead and get this posted. See you next time. Thank you.